Hello everybody, welcome to the technical area, your weekly football manager podcast brought to you by me, your host, Jeffrey Grima once again. Apologies for the 24 hour delay or so in the release of this. Unfortunately work did manage to catch up with me but nonetheless I was determined to get this podcast out. I've had the script, I've had the idea written since... Well, let's just say an historic weekend with Premier League action. One tough to take for many of us, for others an opportunity to celebrate in a way that they've never considered would possibly be realistic. We're off the back of some results that have been certainly, I don't know if you call it football manager-esque, but certainly like watching, you know, some people play FIFA, but you might now get results and scorings at this with even the teams involved and everything. But nonetheless, we're living in a very, very strange football world. And even with international football taking place at the minute, it's hard to kind of wrap our heads around just what exactly is going on. In terms of football manager 20, I'm still going. I don't know about you, if you're still taking your break or not. But as for me, I'm still going. I'm still going at Juventus. Um, things are going pretty good. We've made it to November. We've had a strong enough start. But like, I'm trying to blog, keep things to the blog. I'm trying not to, you know, give too much away here. Not to get the reads or the clicks or whatever up on the blog, but more. I know a lot of people just don't really listen out and come listen to the save updates. But as far as things are going, yeah, I'm pretty good, I'm pretty happy. I've had some strange results, had some strange performances. I've had plenty to think about, a lot of changes to make, and things are starting to settle down a little bit. We're starting to get a bit of a run, a bit of a routine, so hopefully now, by the time I get another blog post out in the next, I suppose whenever it's ready, I'll have more positive news, more positive updates to be sharing. But in terms of the FM21 content, yeah, You'll have probably seen that as well. On the, well, and if you haven't, I am in fact going to be taking my FM twenty one adventure from the starting place of Atlanta United, the MLS. So people might be saying, "Oh, Atlanta United! They've only won the league a couple of years ago. They're a very strong team. They are. I can't deny they are. Like they've." possibly one of the best forwards in the league and Joseph Martinez but it's a squad that very much underperformed at the MLS's back cup in terms of performances since the return of the MLS to regular season they've been fairly decent but nonetheless it's a team that's gone through a lot of change and I suppose with the sacking of Frank De Boer I just kind of saw it as an opportunity of a, a natural starting point and it seemed that would be a natural place to begin a, an adventure with because in fact in real life if they're looking for a new manager it means that managers, the court manager's time has come and in an FM sense that's why I've worked the game this year that I've taken jobs as managers have departed after Velez of course so Renz sacked Julian Stefan Massimiliano Allegri left event, oh, uh, left for uh, Bayern Munich, and then Maurizio Sarri retired from Juventus. So that's how my save has progressed this year, and I kind of want to keep that same pattern going. Will my save fully take place in the MLS with Atlanta United? 
Probably not. But I'm open and to the journey and seeing where it takes me. I will have other leagues loaded up. I will not deny myself any options of managing in other countries, managing other clubs, even managing internationally. I won't deny myself any opportunity there, but as things stand, the journey will begin with Atlanta United. I am going to be managing the MLS as well in the beta, and I probably will manage with Atlanta United then as well. And the reason, quite simply, is just to get used to the new game with the team, to get used to the details of FM twenty, the details or FM twenty one, sorry, the details of the MLS. And then by the time November twenty fourth rolls around, I'll make a decision whether or not I want to continue or to start afresh for Atlanta United, but just to use the beta, just to bed myself in, get up to speed with everything that really is entailed with FM twenty one and of course the complexities that the MLS brings. I know I've experienced managing in the MLS before, but I kind of want to do things a little better this time. Suppose it's time to really get stuck into what I really want to talk about this week. And that's match preparation, it's congestion. It's basically taking the craziness and all the strange situation that world football is in right now and not just even applying it to football manager. But understand that if we find ourselves in a similar situation with football manager, how exactly do we cope? Now, of course, we're all waiting to see the features. We're all waiting to kind of find out and just see what football manager 21 will entail. Will we begin in this realistic manner of a compressed season? And will that compressed season, how will it be represented in game? Will we be using those real match dates? Of course, in real life, we have to be aware that a suspension of the seasons again is possible. We can't rule it out. You know, questions are being asked even in professional sports right across the world about possible postponements, possible freezing again of seasons that we've seen. And as we know in FM20, Miles did come out during lockdown and said, look, this will not be added into the game, coronavirus will not be added into the game as players could get it. Possibly a legal implication there, you don't know. But as well, like I do respect that aspect of it. We might see players contracting viruses and missing time. And just sticking with the virus, sticking with the players getting a cold. We might just kind of see this kind of generic kind of illnesses. I hopefully won't see them pop up with the frequency that you know we've seen popping up in real life. But as we kind of get into FM21, I suppose we all have to be open and aware of the fact that we could be delving into a game very unlike any game we've played before, especially in the first season. We could begin beginning a season that's very truncated. Now I'm going to be managing in the MLS. The MLS has a calendar year season beginning in kind of February, March time. And running through to October, November time. So I have to, suppose, prepare for a truncated season. A season that's, you know, will, will I see, have a normal season run through as if COVID never happened? How will they navigate the pause? These are questions, of course, SI are trying to figure out. I suppose they have even figured out. And I suppose for anyone who's managing in the typical um, 
football season calendar running from late summer to August time all the way through to the following May. How will the disruptions be negotiated there? So could we see a potential save start date in August after the season ended, really this year? With the likes of France who cancelled the league returning in August time, how will that be navigated and negotiated and brought into the game? We're all going to be in a very, very interesting place at the start of FM21. And as we all kind of potentially prepare for a game that reflects real life, that's unprecedented, an unprecedented time in football, playing a full season in this shorter timetable is going to be a very, very difficult challenge for all of us to navigate. And given the fact that we're now looking at a, a state of, of world football where high-scoring games, goals, form of, of players is up and down, form of teams is up and down, but fatigue is setting in, both mental and physical, shocks are all too common now. FM21 could be a very, very, very strange place for us to begin until, of course, that first season does calm itself down. And dealing with this challenge is going to take a lot out of us. Dealing with fixtures coming thick and fast. Dealing with um, squad management. It's going to be a very, very, could be a very interesting place for us to begin in Football Manager 21. But nonetheless, when it comes to playing the game anyway, we're all used to that run in of potentially three, even four games in the space of seven to ten days. We all love that ideal situation. We all love the ideal week when your assistant comes to you with your training for the next week, the next two weeks, the next month, whatever it is the setting you have. And you see there's one game this week, it's at the weekend, it's a Saturday or it's a Sunday. And you have the full week to prepare. You can schedule in two to three sessions per day, two to three sessions that not only address the philosophy of the team, address your tactics, but also a training program that also allows players ample time to rest, recover, and for you to address any weaknesses that have arisen or address any potential weaknesses in the opponent you have coming up. However, not only is the current situation, as I said many times already, not ideal, the world is not ideal, but even the football season is not ideal because, like, as is often the case, the price of success comes with playing multiple games per week. It requires squads being deep and deep with quality as well. And sometimes, like I said, three to four games in the space of a week, three to four games in the space of ten days, it puts a very, very difficult challenge on all of us. And one that's going to be very difficult to navigate as well. And I suppose the best way to attack this challenge is being aware of what's coming, aware of the fixture list that is in front of you, aware of the fixture list that is potentially in front of you at the beginning of the season, and putting a plan in place for team selection, putting a plan in place for squad rotation, for training, planning training sessions. That could be really the key to you finding success. 
at the top of the Premier League table right now, we're looking at Aston Villa and Everton. And I think it's you, you look at these teams and you see Everton have no European football to have to contend with. Which could be a key factor in Everton's success, the potential success this season. Like Everton have started well, they're scoring well. Obviously, you know, you you wonder if an injury comes in, if you, you wonder if a drop of form comes in, or loss of morale, whatever. Any team like but we've seen these stories happen before where Leicester have had success. And success even to not just finishing in the top four, but actually winning the league as well. It is quite possible that Everton do win the league this year. I don't think that can be ruled out, especially the, the signings they've made, the manager they've got, and the form that Calvert-Lewin is in. He's showing a goal-scoring touch that many didn't believe was there. So, Of course, Everton can become stuck. They could fall away. They could fade away. No, no, I'm not just saying that as a Liverpool fan, but I'm saying it as, you know, just as a fact. It's it's potential that Everton stay there. And the fact there's no European football to deal with coming up to Christmas time could be a big reason Everton are still in the top four by Christmas. Everton could still be top at Christmas. Because European football is going to be a very, very difficult challenge for teams to navigate once we get back up and running following the current international break we're on. And I suppose... It's an example that could be set in terms of watching teams who are having success. But nonetheless, fatigue does set in mental and physical for these players. And for us as managers, it's going to be difficult and always has been and always will be a difficult challenge for us to navigate, for us to overcome. And even to the extent of as the game progresses as we move past this 2021 football season into 2022. The 2021-22 season, we hope, should be normal enough. But then you've got the 2022-2023 season, which is going to be difficult because of that Winter World Cup. Most European leagues have already said they're going to be starting early with a shorter summer break. They're going to be disrupted by that long break from the end of October until January. So you're talking November and December, two months without club football. Even this current three-fixture break we're having for international football now in real life, many journalists, many people are talking about the disruption this could have on club teams. Many players won't be returning from international until the Thursday before the next round of Premier League fixtures. So they come back, they recover, some like tactical sessions, and then straight away on that's take some truth the Friday, and then all of a sudden they're playing your game Saturday, Sunday. It's the demand on the players right now is, is huge. And what we have to do as managers is obviously is achieve, but find balance as well and balance your match preparation and congestion. One of the big lessons I've learned as a football manager over the past year has been developing a sense of kind of synchronicity, understanding that success comes when there is momentum in the squad. Up until FM 19, for sure, but even into FM 20, I was one of the people who, I won't deny, 
after every match cleared everything cleared the starting 11 and the subs but now i don't clear the subs after every game i keep the starting 11 i get the post-match report in i look and see right is there any players whose form wasn't good and i take them out of team if the substitute who came on was better than them and the sub would replace them in the starting 11 or if there's any injury suspensions remove those players from the starting 11 and then a day or so before the match just before the, the pre-match press conference that's when i pick my starting 11 on the bench for the next game so what i've done is i've learned to rotate three or four players maximum so if i have three players unavailable due to injury and suspension then I won't take out any players who've had a bad game the last time. I'll give them the chance again in the next one. And it's generally the players who come into the team are players who preferably were on the bench in the last game. Using the because these players have been involved in the matches, maybe even gotten minutes in the last match. So there is this kind of level of continuity and momentum throughout the team. And when I ask the community as well, when they come up with fixture congestion. Its rotation is the most obvious way of getting through. 71.1% of votes saying yes, we rotate. 18.4% would look to use a easier training load. And I suppose I just started to pay more attention. And I, and I would advise many people do the same. To pay a bit more attention to that um, the bar just underneath the bottom of each day's sessions. So like at the start of the week. Monday and Tuesday, it shouldn't be the hardest. Monday should definitely not be the hardest day if you've played on the Saturday or even the Friday. If you've got a full week of training, Tuesday and Wednesday, they're the days you want to put start putting the work in. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then start bringing it down for Thursday, Friday into a match on Saturday or Sunday. So it's a case of try and peak and then wind down a, a two days or so before a game. So if your match is on a Saturday, Increase the workload for when Tuesday and Wednesday, and then start to reduce it for Thursday into Friday. If the match is a Sunday, you could even work hard Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday if you so wish, and then reduce it Friday into Saturday for the match day on Sunday. But then there was a number of people with the ten point five percent who had other other comments, whether it's potting out their vote or even going. FM old dog, lots of rotation, especially in the early part of the season. I try not to have anyone start a game with a high injury risk to keep them fresh for later. I used to do lots of resting too, but when days are mostly recovery and match preparation, I'm not convinced that players get fatigued. And I suppose it's very important there, that point that FM old dog said, is keeping an eye on the high injury risk. So if anyone's high, straight drop them out of the team. And I suppose many people have that rule themselves. Whether it's for players below 95% fit um, overall condition, whether it's the high fitness level, the high risk, increased risk, whatever it is. And like FM Dogs said as well, days are spending days doing recovery and match preparation, it does reduce the strain that is put on players, the physical strain. FM Grasshopper, I'd spells in Uruguay where there are three games in five days. So I gave up training and just focused on recovery and match previews and reviews. 
as long as you lay down the grounding in a heavy pre-season and also rest and rotate you can soldier through it and i'd 100 percent agree that the importance of pre-season cannot be underestimated and especially a heavy pre-season Maurizio Pochettino, Diego Simeone, even Jurgen Klopp have all come under heavy criticism in European circles because of the intensity of their pre-season. Players pick up muscular injuries in the early kind of stages of a season. There might be a, a wobble in form midway through as the fatigue kind of sets in because these players have been working so hard for so long, especially with the recovery sessions and fixture congestion. By the end, these teams tend to finish strong. And you look at Spurs and Liverpool, they're reaching the Champions League final in 2019. Both teams had strong finishes to the competition, overcoming difficult obstacles, difficult challenges, but where the teams were able to keep going up until the later stages of games, even in the semi-finals. Like Liverpool's second goal in that final came quite late in the game. Although I can know it was a substitute Divock Origi, but still nonetheless, it was a late goal, in the, like you were talking, the like late 80s. So I'd 100% agree with Grass there. If you can lay down a heavy pre-season, rest and rotate rotate through the season, and focus there on recovery and match previews and reviews, you will give your team an excellent chance of success throughout the season. And FM Stag as well, adding to what FM Oldog said, but resting any player for a day when the injury risk indicator is high, two days are very high. So even if it's a case of going even more personalised with the training levels there. There is a column that you can alter in your squad view. That is set for training intensity. So under training you can go to players and set the intensity for every player. So it can be rest, recovery, there's half intensity, normal intensity, double intensity, so on. And over from Oliver Jensen, FM football manager, there is only one ball.com. I downloaded a squad view for pre season. And I use it throughout the season, even as well. Once a month, I definitely check in at least on it. And it's a pre season one. And like that, it has the option of editing a player's training intensity. Now, you can add it in yourself to your own screen view if you wish. But FM. Uh, football manager has it uh, there for you to download the whole view there as well and it, uh, what i tend to do is i just tend to set it to auto and that way the physios can recommend so that way i don't have to worry about it i can delegate i suppose as a ma- as a normal manager would and if you've watched a documentary like say the um tottenham one or nothing on amazon prime you will see that Mourinho does have the briefings with the chief kind of uh, the clubs the club scientist sports scientist there that's the word I think of coming in and addressing this dressing him saying look this is the situation he can train today he can't train today he's out for the weekend lower needs a reduced load so it is a realistic as- aspect as well that this would inform decisions for match days as FM old dog said uh, it would inform squad selections and it would also inform the training on day to day like FM Stag says and the fact that you can delegate it there as well means that in game it does remove that one extra step for you 
So allowing, I suppose, if you can, obviously travel does take up a slot, but if you can even schedule on the day after a game a double recovery session, when the fixtures are coming in thick and fast, with a match review, you are giving your players the best chance to be physically and mentally ready, I suppose, for the next game. But planning match review sessions, planning match preview sessions, like Ephraim Grass said, and putting in sessions based on your principles. Now, I tend to stick to the general sessions during my busy weeks. So for me, the likes of possession, tactical, attacking, goalkeeping, and then even on set pieces, working on set piece delivery. These are sessions that I tend to put in midweek if I only have like one day of training. But if I have a second day's training, I'll try to put in a session that say addresses a weakness I had in the last match. So in the last match I conceded a goal or two from headers, I'd put in aerial defence. If we struggled with set pieces, adding in a set piece session. So adding these sessions into your week on a week on week basis that can address the weaknesses and enhance your strengths. This can increase and try to find ways that can increase your potential to score, like set pieces. Prioritising these sessions for congested periods is certainly my advice and something I definitely advise anyone to do. And of course there are also ways that planning in terms of the transfer market as well. So not only have you got all of this stuff to plan, like training sessions, we also got to plan and think about the transfer market as well. With Juventus, I knew very, very simply, I was going to have to compete in the Champions League. The club finished fourth when I t- in the previous Serie A season. I knew I was going to have to compete in the Coppa Italia. And of course, I knew I was going to have to try win a league back. So when I was making the moves I made in the transfer market, I knew I'd have to buy in depth. I knew I couldn't buy just one top quality centre back. Especially when I was looking to sell one. But I'd have to buy two. So putting in players, buying in depth to try and pad out this squad was a big, big challenge. And I've written about it over on the blog if it's something you want to take care of. But then as well, the squad was quite old. There's a lot of old players earning a lot of money. Who weren't going to be playing regularly. And who I didn't feel were good enough. And then I had a lot of young stars coming through. Who were on lower wages. Which is obviously ideal. I had bright futures. And were possibly a better option for me. In the short term. Than these ageing players. So I had to make a decision. On how I was going to create the strength and depth. To deal with the congestion. I knew I had coming up. Now I don't think the. Um, the fixture computer in FM really likes me putting me in a Champions League group at Real Madrid and both times after the Real Madrid matches I'd have to play both Milan teams like on both Milan teams had finished first and second the last two seasons in Syria so in terms of rotating the squad going into the next game it wasn't ideal so when it came to padding out this squad I asked the community what do you do because what I've done this year is a kind of predominantly gone for you players but there is of course like that average aging fringe players as well no one in the community went for that aging average fin player fringe player option which was really striking that 77.8 percent padding out with, with youth players i suppose you're all a better example than i am 
when it comes to to squad building and dealing with the fixture congestion there in football manager. And F Black CFM was I suppose was what among some of the twenty two percent who, you know, had had more to say that it wasn't just one of the two options I gave. With some youth players, yes, but also a limited use of the loan market. And keeping players fit and free from injury reduces the overall number required. So streamlining the squad. Having strength in depth, but not having too many strong players with too much depth, because of course that creates too much unhappiness. Although the AI doesn't seem to pick that up too much when it comes to the mega rich clubs, such as that we all know that we can pick up transfer listed players for very little money considering what they're worth as well but in terms of managing fixture congestion getting that match preparation right it's all about keeping it basic keeping it simple focusing on recovery focus on rotating focus on planning sessions that address your needs address your weaknesses but will enhance your ability to score goals but most importantly at the end of the day, we all have to take responsibility. If our assistant manager takes control of training, don't be afraid to edit. Don't be afraid to change. Don't be afraid to say, look, hey, look, that's not happening. Your best asset is having a clear and logical plan. Through clear and logical thinking. So apply common sense to your game. Although Football Manager doesn't always apply to the rules of football that we all know and love. There's still common sense. That's the key to success in the game. And I suppose that's the key to success for us now in FM20. And for us going forward in FM21. Whether or not the congestion, the match preparation is hampered by our success. Or if by the game reflecting reality right now. So before you go and spend more time thinking about the sports science side of things. The data analysis, whatever it is that is part of your match preparation. Managing a fixture congestion. How about taking a moment or two to go and review this podcast. On whatever platform it is you listen. Or sharing it on your socials with your followers. Any support you can show for the podcast is greatly appreciated. I can't pay you for doing it. But I'll try and reward you with as much engaging content as I possibly can. If you've enjoyed the podcast and you want to get more involved with look at my FM stories or following any of the accounts, checking out the blog, whatever it is, the links to those will be found down below. As teased last week, and I'm still trying to arrange the day off because um, there's rumours going about about possible school closures and all this due to COVID numbers in Ireland. But the plan is for on for November 24th, the launch day of Football Manager for me to do a live podcast over on YouTube. If you miss out on the live podcast, don't worry, I'm going to record the podcast as well so the usual thursday release will be out and of course there will be a reaction pod then on the thursday that's a bit more normal pace for what we're used to here 
all the music for this podcast has come from Pond5. If you're looking for any music, anything like that, go check out Pond5. And of course, most importantly, before I finish, is the Weirdy community. Thank you to everyone who got involved this week. Huge number of votes on the polls. Engagement with the uh, comments was great as well. So thank you so much. Keep getting involved. Keep watching out for those polls. And of course, keep using Weirdy community, the hashtag over on Twitter, or even the dedicated Slack channel to find and share your own FM content as we get ready for the surge into FM21. I suppose we might even dedicate a podcast to that in the next coming weeks of content creation. Get the opinions of content creators out there as well. So if anyone has any opinions that they'd like to share and want to voice them over this podcast, send them in. It could be a voice clipping email to me. It could be a message you send in that you want me to read out. Anything. Just let me know. We can sort things out as we get the community ready. For FM21. But until that time. Thank you for listening. Enjoy whatever's left of FM20 for you. If it's a break or you're still playing along like me. But I'll talk to you again next week. Stay safe. Wash those hands. Wear the face coverings. Do whatever it is you're being told to do. By your local government. Your local people. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye now.